Dad shoves the pointed end of the thermometer into the thickest part of the meat. It reminds me of movies I've seen in history class. The word impale comes to mind. I could list my reasons for going, Dad. Again. Silence. I flop down on the back steps and brush away the loose strands of dark hair gathering around my face. You know this is an amazing opportunity, right? I'll be able to get into any culinary program I want in the fall. Dad grimaces. I figured I'd have you here for the off-season, Nora. We don't shut down just because things get slow. I kick at some rocks with the toe of my boot. It's just for the semester, you know. I'll be back by Memorial Day. If you don't win. Right. If I don't win. The faded red flannel of Dad's shirt strains across his shoulders as he heaves the massive hindquarter out of the smoker and onto a tray. Like a reflex, I'm off the steps and at his side, steadying the wobbly legs of the metal folding table. Once the meat's settled, we both take a step back to marvel at it. Pork isn't exactly pretty when it's cooked, but when you're talking about meat, it isn't about looks. It's the way the chunks crumble and shred like good mulch, the way the fat becomes a river that slides, then soaks right in. Well, that's a beaut. Dad yanks a sheet of foil off the tube and covers the tray with the same care a father would show a newborn. Makes me kind of sad, seeing him be that gentle. It reminds me of when, years ago, he carried me, fast asleep from the cab of the truck, to my bedroom after a contest in Raleigh or a festival in Charlotte. I'm not trying to make your life harder, Dad. The words are heavy and thick in my mouth. Nora. He looks at me, tossing a bath towel over the wrapped tray. His eyes are the same deep blue as mine, but today they look like shadows of their former selves. It isn't like I don't want you to go. He falls silent for a minute, one hand resting on the foil mountain. It's just that... I want you to stay. Dad's never been one to stop me from doing what I want to do. I guess that doesn't mean he always liked it. Anyway, he says, as he turns away and yanks off his gloves. It's a little late now, right? You got about half a day left in Weston, and I got near double the amount of work than usual since Al took off for Barbara's wedding. I wipe my hands on my jeans and squint up at him. The brim of his panther's hat is shading his face, but I can see his eyes are damp. I gulp down a lump, the one that's been threatening to turn to tears for the last few days. I'll go get started on the sauce. I pat his shoulder before gripping both sides of the metal tray and yanking it up into my arms. The truth is that, as guilty as I feel about Dad's sadness, it can't erase what's really coursing through me. Pure, sweet anticipation. Finally, an opportunity to get out of this ass-backward town. A chance to be more than just the girl behind the counter of a roadside barbecue joint. My family has owned Smoke Signals Barbecue for almost 25 years. It was called Willie Woodchucks when Dad bought it. And there are still a couple of the old signs in the back boasting a buck-toothed beaver. I can't say that I'm sorry Dad changed the name. Owning a barbecue business in the South, 
It's kind of like being a pastor in a town full of churches. You're always looking to recruit. See, barbecue is its own language. There's a dialect to it. Different regions do their own way, like how they say pop instead of soda in the Midwest or skeeters down here for mosquitoes. In Texas, it's all about the beef. Kansas City, they focus on the sauce. But here in North Carolina, it's something else entirely. And that something else is pork. The screen door slams behind me as I struggle into the kitchen. I manage to unload the pan onto the counter and push it back against the wall, rubbing my arms where a bright pink indentation is surfacing. I start dumping the barbecue sauce ingredients into a metal mixing bowl, 